I originally sought out to become a better educator and change the school system to something better. I knew school was a far cry from what education could be and perhaps should be, what it really is and what it's capable of. So naturally I turned to a study of pedagogy, a study of the mechanics of teaching and learning and how we can do that better. Long story short, I had a variety of experiences and encountered many obstacles in the school system that stood in the way of better teaching and learning. I became increasingly aware of a system and what it meant for the institution to be geared a certain way, making better pedagogy difficult, if not impossible. At first, my solution was persuasion. If only we can convince enough people of a better way. If only we can engage educators as well to think and read and write and learn and make the changes. This theory increasingly ran up against a wall as I met educators interested in progressive education and social justice, who were good and serious people as well, who seemed unable, for whatever reason, to make the changes even just in their own classrooms, much less across an entire system. This includes myself, by the way. If all these smart and talented and good-willed individuals and even groups of educators, up to the large groups like teachers' unions, cannot divert our schools and classrooms in a substantially and significantly better direction, how can it be done? Of course, it can't be impossible. There has to be a way to do this. I turned my eye more towards the system and realized that to really change things, we must pursue more so-called political avenues. Maybe even the system cannot be changed from the inside. I started to believe that more and more. Then I realized the people in power and the structure of our institutions, including our federal government, is set directly against us, and this too cannot be changed from the so-called inside of the system. If we want things to change significantly and not just at the margins, and not slowly get worse and worse as they have been, somehow our government, which was born as an oligarchic form of government and has been ever since, has to be recreated entirely, somehow. And in the meantime, we have to look for the faults in the system and flourish there, like moss growing in the cracks of a broken stone road. Even as I started this podcast in the year of COVID-19, I was not fully ready to confront what it would mean if we really wanted the kind of schools and classrooms that live in our theories and philosophies and imaginations. I was mostly ready, but not quite there yet. The guests I had on in the first several episodes whom I had already known, but now with whom I was having politically charged conversations on a podcast that was supposed to be about education, helped push me the final bit of the way to where I needed to be as an educator. I set out with the podcast to discuss the absurdities, not just in the schools and classrooms, there are a great many there, but also outside the schools and classrooms, the absurdities of our city, our country, our government, and the world we live in. And I still want to discuss those many absurdities. Yet I have found a growing urge since episode 2 on education and dystopia to divert my planned structure of the program and adjust the broad topic and ultimately change the title of the show before it really gets going. When Mr. W. read the dictionary definition of dystopia in the latter segment of our second episode, I started choking up. Well, uh, you know, not to be that guy, but uh, the Oxford uh, Dictionary defines it as an uh, an imagined state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice, typically one that is totalitarian or (laughs) post-apocalyptic. So I don't know if it necessarily always has to have a literary connotation. As he read the definition, you can hear on the recording, a spontaneous, almost uncontrolled gaggle of laughter, simultaneously full of joy and sorrow at the truth. 
I knew that Mr. W, by reading the definition of dystopia, just described our world in education and beyond. If anything, one word was incorrect. The word imagined. No, it's not just imagined. It's here and now. It's not just fiction. It's real, and in a different way than fiction is real. Just like I wanted to embrace the absurd and make it known, even more broadly, I would like to face the dystopia that we live in and invite others to join us in confronting it. No, dystopia is not just COVID-19. It is not just the new Great Depression, which was helped along by, but certainly not caused by, a novel coronavirus. Dystopia is not the past few decades of exceedingly top-down education policy with its focus on high-stakes testing and lists of mandatory education standards. It is not just the firing of teachers who do not meet an absurd metric. And it's not just the closing of schools that are later turned into luxury housing loss or just left as empty buildings. It is those things, but it's more than that. Dystopia is the system we live in, and one that, perhaps, in a way, we've always been living in. It is the society in which we find ourselves. It is the political, cultural, the economic, and the educational world. All tied together, a system converged to deny us basic human needs while assuring us that war is peace and slavery is freedom. So I've altered the direction of my podcast, or I suppose it naturally altered itself as we spoke honestly about the system we live in. It's not just absurd. Just like a piece of art can be absurd when it was born from a dystopia, our schools and classrooms are absurd because they are set in dystopia. A better school system is not just about fixing the pedagogy and learning environments. We are concerned with the political and the social and the economic not because it's fun, but because we are not free. And we are concerned with the world beyond the schools and classrooms because we cannot make the kind of education we want and need and deserve if we are constrained by political and economic decisions that we did not make, which do not allow us the liberty to make our own choices in pedagogy and environments in the first place. I am an educator in dystopia, and that is probably what I'll be for life. I have accepted it, and I invite you to as well. As we build a new world, hopefully a better one over the rest of our lives, in the meantime, we'll have to find the gaps in which the human spirit can thrive. I hope this program can be a place where we can discuss not just better pedagogy and the absurd all around us, but a space where we can acknowledge the world we live in and figure out how to make a new and better one.